Warning, while Stephanie Meyer may have written Twilight for children and young adults, Twilight, a literary podcast, contains adult content. If that kind of stuff isn't your speed, feel free to stop here. Everyone else, please sit back and enjoy our explicit podcast. Welcome! It's Twilight! A literary deep dive into the blood suckers, kids sparkle the world of Twilight! From a lifelong fan. And a first time reader. Now join us as we finally answer the question Does, Does it, it suck? suck? Your electric glow is all of you. Wow. Hey, everyone. Hey, nerds. It's me, Jess. It's your book boy, Spencer, here. Well, guys, we're, we're back. This is the last one. It's it's weird. It feels weird. It's going to be over. Yeah, we're very done. weird. It's like one of those things, um, like my sister moving, where I just uh, didn't believe it until it happened. They moved? Yep, they did. Oh, that was real. That was real. Oh, I know. That's why we wow. haven't seen them in a week. That that you know that really adds up <laughs> when I think about it. When I think back on my week, but yeah, no, it does. Like I I haven't really registered it. Like this is the last time we're gonna be talking about Twilight. Obviously, we're gonna keep podcasting, but it's gonna be different. It's yeah, gonna be it'll weird. be different. It'll be a different vibe for sure. For sure, a much worse vibe. Well, we still hope you guys all join us as we do that next thing. Yes. But for now, let's. Let's continue on with the finale. So um, we decided that we were going to do a little character quiz. Yes, we're going to have a few different things we're going to do before we get to our kind of final opinions on everything, our final takes. And like you said, the first off is we found a really cool character quiz, a pretty in-depth one. Yeah, if you guys want to play along with us, do it. Your own, do your own to figure out who you are. Go to idrlabs.com or whenever you search up Twilight character tests, like the one that's IDR Labs. It seems mm-hmm. seems pretty legit. It's not. It's not super obvious. It's like, well, what do you what do you do with your free time? Do you look in a mirror and think of how beautiful you are, or do you go fight animals, or do you practice medicine? It's, it's not like not obvious. That, no. Yeah. Um, it's like a, it feels like a genuine character test. I mm-hmm. will say though, the results uh, from what I I got, it's only between Bella, Edward, Carlisle, Rosalie, Alice, Emmett, and Jacob. So Esme's not need, conclude, yeah. con- oh, included. Oh, Esme's in weird there. left out. Um, yeah. Daddy Swan isn't included in there. Neither is Jessica or Mike or like any of the normal friends. Any of the normies. Any of the pack besides Jacob. Esme's so. a weird one to leave out. She is, but she's I got mean, a type. She, I feel like, yeah, I guess so. But you don't get a lot of, we don't get a lot of Esme. We don't really know don't. a lot about her. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Okay, so before we reveal our results, we're going to guess what each other got. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to guess your most, your highest percentage match and then your lowest. So I think you probably got most Emmett, is my guess. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to say least, ironically, Rose. Okay. That's interesting um, that you say that. Uh, do you want me to give you my answer? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so that's really funny because um, whenever we we both took the test at mm-hmm. the same time, like in the same room, mm-hmm. and we both like outwardly expressed 
our feelings whenever we got yeah. the results. We we did a general exclamation of excitement. Yes. And you immediately were like, you're Emmett. And I was like, what? Because I it didn't make sense at first. But now that I'm thinking about it, I, it really does make sense. I got 65% Emmett. Dang. Got it. Um, Interestingly enough, I got 60% Rosalie. Okay. 60% Carlisle and 60% Jacob. Ooh. And my least was Alice at 30%. Yeah. That makes sense. Thinking I'm not about an it. Alice. No. Alice is... Alice you're very, is type A. Yeah. And you're very direct and forward. You're not as like extroverted as Emmett. But... You are very honest. Stuff doesn't bother you. Right. Like social crap. Yeah. Like I'm, clicks I'm, and stuff. You don't care about any of it that. It takes a lot for me to be actually bothered. And I and I feel like I try, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to have a good time. You're lads. just having a good time. No, that makes sense. I like that. <laughs> How much Edward did you get? 45. Oh, interesting. I know. Yeah. I'm definitely not Most. Edward. I, but yeah, the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, and it definitely makes sense for me. Now for you, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. My, so I first said... Uh, Carlisle, but right. then when I thought about it, I was like, "No, wait, you're way, you're just an introspective sad boy, really." Mm, um, I really am. So you definitely have a lot of Edward. The only difference, I think, Edward is very um, like demanding, right? Very like almost like dominant, yeah. Which I feel like you, commanding. yeah, commanding. That's a good word for it. Which I feel like you're not so much, no. And so I imagine, like, I, you're definitely Edward. But, okay. but, but, big but, but, I could also not be surprised if you were like mainly Bella Carlisle. Mm, that makes sense. So I see where you? you're coming from. I am far and away mostly Carlisle. Really? Yes. 75% car. <laughs> wow. That's uh, a lot more than yeah. any my percentage. Yeah, is. right. No, it, it's like I said, running away with Carlisle here. I think yeah. it's because we both work in the medical field. Oh, I'm sure that's And what we it both is. like books. <laughs> But what surprised me the most, my second highest, Jacob at 60%. Really? Yeah. So we both have Jacob at 60%. Yeah. Then. I think he he's the everyman. Yeah. And then uh, next closest is Bella at 55. Okay. And Edward's my second least. Really? 45. 45. So we both have 45% yeah. Edward. We're just a little bit Edward. Uh, Alice, again. We both have, I have 35% Alice. Oh, okay. Okay. Weirdly enough. Yeah, we're definitely not well, she's her. not Alice type. Which I guess that makes sense because she's not really our favorite character. No, and I'm terrible at like thinking ahead. Yeah. Like long term. Right. Or short short term. Yeah. Or even like knowing like this needs to get done. Like uh, it's already done with Alice. Whereas right. I wait. Refuse. And if yeah, I do do, well, it'll be right before it's due. Right. And uh, <laughs> thank you for saying do do. Uh, first. <laughs> thank you. But also like how many sen- sentences do I start where I don't even know where the sentence is going to end? <laughs> Every on this pod, it's all the time. <laughs> I'll often be saying one sentence, and then I'll be thinking about another thing I'm going to say, and then I don't finish that first sentence, and then I start talking about something different, and I have to, like, repeat it because I just – I went on a tangent before I even finished my first thought. I imagine that's Alice, though. I imagine that would be Alice. Ah, but I think she's more – I think she's thinking ahead. I think, don't think she gets interrupted in the middle is what I think. I think she's, like, three steps ahead, but she's not, like – getting distracted that quickly all right but but yeah well, that's just a little fun thing we did yeah that's a little fun, fun thing we did if you want to ship uh carlisle and emmett now do be it our guests yeah we'll, we'll post our results on the facebooks so you guys can see how we look yeah it's real cool <laughs> 
So um, the next thing that we wanted to talk about, we we have a little bit of a personal proclivities. Yeah, section. a final personal proclivities. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some superlatives for uh, overall movies and books. Anything goes. So we're going to start off with our favorite movie, Spencer. Yeah, favorite movie. Uh, we actually have the same one. It's yeah. Breaking Down Part 2. It has to be Breaking Down I, Part yeah, 2. Yeah, I think it has to be. It is the most dynamic surprising but also very good right right excellent ending definitely there's no moment in any of the movies that captured my attention and like blew me away more than that yes. fake out fight which yes. is kind of a cheap way to do it you could say right but, but i enjoyed it but also if we're thinking just movies take the books out of it like it's not as them as adaptations just in their moments like well, i guess you do have to include the book in that because it is based yeah. on how it's subverting what happens in the book or right. you think That's it a is big part of it but i mean it is the craziest moment but i also what really puts it over the top for me is the end credits yeah it absolutely it, it's a perfect wrap-up for the entire series right. as a whole yeah it's the best uh, we talked about it when we did the movie but it's like the best i've seen of like a series like this a big series like conclude and, and it's such a it feels like it's the final one it really is sending it off for the fans and mm-hmm. it's it's drawing it out it's making it way too long and and too nostalgic, but it's great because we want to gobble it up. We, we just want yeah. it. We want it. Give us more. Give us all the drawings of characters. Exactly. And yeah, is and then they show like the first like, what did they show? Is it like yeah, the, the cat? In, the, the audition. Introductory. Yeah. Uh, oh, parts, this like right. the sentence yeah. highlighted on the page of whenever they introduce themselves. Yeah. Like, hi, I'm Jacob Black. Hi. I'm literally getting goosebumps. Like, I I just love that. That's so cool. That's such a fan service thing in the best way. I mean, in the best way. Absolutely. Especially as us, we're not as big in the movies as we are the books, obviously. So, you know, I think it's just the most exciting. I like it as a conclusion. I think it's great. But speaking of books, what's your favorite book, Jessica? So so this, don't call me that. Um, So this superlative is really tricky for me because um two of them are like neck to neck yeah i imagine they're the same for us they're the same for us yes um but i decided to go with breaking dawn specifically because of jacob right i literally cannot get enough of him i love being inside his head i don't know what it is about a uh male main character but i love it from their povs especially whenever it's like not the norm you know? Right, when you change it up like that. Exactly. Doesn't work for Edward, though, as much. Yeah, I mean, yes, but I still <laughs> ate that shit up, oh, yeah, regardless. Obviously. But, yeah, uh, Breaking Dawn for sure, but my number two is is your choice here. It's New Moon, and I yeah. had the same conflict as you. Is like, and what my rationale was deciding whether it's New Moon or Breaking Dawn was that New Moon, to me, feels like the better book start to finish, the more, like, in and of itself yeah. as a own its own contained story a better experience than breaking dawn which is a little weird and it's how it's chopped up and yeah. like ah, the first section's a little weak compared to the jake jacob chapters especially but also to the last third and, absolutely and it's, it's a bit weird it's kind of all over the place in a way in that regard even though we agreed that the best section we ever the best part of this reading experience was Far and away, the Jacob chapters. Like, yes. that's the best. That's where the story peaked. Just his, his like, internal voice. Yeah. I, I feel like Stephanie Meyer did a great job with that. Like, you're clearly reading mm-hmm. from a different character's point of view. And it's very, like, homey. It, I feel like there's much more... 
you can get much more character out of it versus yeah. the Bella chapters. Yeah, I think, come, especially coming off Bella for so long. Yes. You, you get some, it's, Jacob's more angsty. It's more a little dynamic. It's a little more all over the place, yes. but in a good way. Absolutely. But I like your point with New Moon. It is like overall a better book. Yeah. Um, I, and I like getting to see, we just see Bella go through more as a character we see her away from edward for a little bit we see the relationship with jacob which is really cool yeah and, a lot of really new fun. things develop yeah. which is hard to do for a second book right like i feel right. like you spend the whole book building up this one like story mm-hmm. and then to continue that and i feel like yeah it does do a great job yeah because because you think of it as as when it came out how it must have been as an experience because we already knew about the Volturi and Jacob or right. I did coming into this. Yeah, no, I did too. That wasn't something. Right. That was... and so, um, so that revelation that it said such a change and it's such a hard thing to do as an author where you go, I had the standalone story. And if you look at Twilight, especially after reading life and death, you yeah. could, it could very easily just be that. Just and be and that, it would yeah. work perfectly. You just tweak the ending a little bit and it is a self-contained story. Yeah. And then you got to pivot from there as as Stephanie Meyer and go, wow, I got to flesh this out. I got to add, it can't just be these vampires. Right. So how am I going to expand this story? And so there's a lot going on. You've got the whole werewolf, the whole Quileu yeah. transformation thing and the, the mystery of it's done really well. We both agree or we don't agree. We disagree. I wish she should have, I think she should have just gone with the you learn at the very end that Jacob's a werewolf. Yeah. No, I mean, that that would have been a good get. But um, either way, the mystery of it unraveling and how it, f- it feels into their relationship, it's not just the mystery of Jacob being a werewolf, but it's also this mystery is ruining this dynamic that was so important for Bella in this book. Yeah. And there's just a lot going on. I just think it's a really... And then you get the Volturi at the end. So right, there's right. just a ton. There's a lot of like emotional development on Bella's right. part and just... Yeah, you're right. It's when maybe, you really get to know Alice. Maybe you sold it to me. Maybe my favorite is New Moon now again. But it's also hard because you get a ton of that in Breaking Dawn too. You get it's a true. whole world of new stuff. Yeah. I, but I would almost say that in Breaking Dawn it almost happens too fast because it's all just kind of in the last third no, basically. I, I do agree and with so that. So that's a little rushed. But either ones can be great. And then like my favorite, like one of my favorite book parts was we've talked about where the chapters and it's just one month on every page. Yeah. And you're just watching time go by like that. It's, it's such a great physical reading experience like just oh i love that stuff Mm -hmm, so cool mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um this next section i added uh just so i could make my point again i just wanted to bring this up again uh (laughs) it's worst book to movie change i didn't even bother to make a best book to movie change because i just (laughs) wanted to bring this up one more time because it's our last chance um can you do you want to go first um no i'll I'll go last okay go ahead i'll go give it a go uh, so worst book to movie change, taking the valedictorian from my boy Eric and giving it to fucking Jessica. And I know why they did it. I know why they did it because what's her face is like famous of a point. Uh, yeah, whatever. But j- it just made no sense. It didn't. Dumb. But then again, Eric in the movie is not the nerdy. He's kind of like more of a class clowny type. He's not quite Correct. as like books are right. The math, right. chess. So, so so I guess it works fine, but I hate that. Just, Jessica would not be valedictorian, even in she would not high be, school. No. Never, never. If anything, it should have been Angela. Agreed. You know, if we're gonna do that, absolutely. So who did who did Jessica's parents pay? <laughs> we, we know they 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 run the banks. Yeah, they Ms. run the, Stanley. They're in charge of all the finances here in Forks, and they, we know they're capable of doing shady shit <laughs> after the extra, where they just clearly knew, clearly got paid off to make uh, Bella take that money. Yeah. They were pushing it hard. They're like, not just 
Bella, don't ask questions. There's a lot riding on this. <laughs> well, mine, um, I've, we've mentioned it a little bit, but what I didn't like was um, Harry dying because of like almost getting killed by Victoria and not because Leah shifted. Yeah. And like, I get it. Like you still get Leah's hardship being a female wolf in a male pack with her ex-boyfriend who didn't want to leave her. But Mm -hmm. we all know Leah's story is tragic. Yeah. In and of itself. But I think, I think that's a big part of her story as well is that like she blames herself for her father's death along with all this other shit that's happening to her. And I get it. Like, she's a side character, and we don't really go into, like, depth on her character in the movies all that much. But uh, I I don't like that. You could have, exactly. So, And I imagine the change was to add more of a sense of danger to Victoria. Right. So I get that. But, yeah, it's just such... And it's it's such a good thing to work with, this the... Leah's story like mm-hmm. you can get a lot out of that like emotionally for if they could have used that I think there could have been something it's such a sad dramatic thing to have happened yeah and yeah you just kind of threw it away and it didn't matter mm-hmm. yeah and just it's a bit of a bummer bit of a bummer yeah a bit of a waste of potential because then you could have had Leah there as some kind of more of an interesting character you could have incorporated her yeah. a little bit I mean because they do right they don't like completely write her out but it's just she just seems but that could have been a fast bitter. way yeah but that could have been a very you have that one scene for leah's backstory and that's all you need for a character development movie wise and yeah. then like she's such a more interesting character if you just know that one even if you just know that about her like, right you don't even see it happen but that adds so much depth to her just right there with her accidentally killing her dad so interesting makes her so much more of an interesting character but yeah. no but no can't have can't have that many good things no it's too but bad but it's fine we at least get it in the book so that's fine yeah, that's fine. So our next category, you guys, is favorite character. So mm. Spencer, do you want to go first? Yeah, mine is uh, Daddy Swan. Uh, I first wrote no contest, but then right. I amended that and I put some contests with Carlisle. Car- yes, of course. It's actually, they're actually very close. Okay. I think uh, Daddy Swan is my favorite. I prefer him in the books we have. But yes. Carlisle is the one I want more of. Yes. I want more. I want a book about Carlisle. Yeah. We, we got big daddy love over here. Yes, we do. <laughs> now, uh, my answer is also Daddy Swan, but uh, because I also want us to have different answers, I'm also going to say Jacob. I think that's also, I think of the main characters, he's the best. Ja- uh, Jacob's just my favorite. I just really like the way that he's written. Uh, I like his character. Yes, he makes stupid decisions, but I mean, honestly, I made some stupid decisions when I was 17 years old as well. Yeah, and you weren't a werewolf. And I wasn't a werewolf. Yeah. So, so that's fine. I mean, it might not be fine, but it's fine. Um, honorable mention goes to Emmett because I love me a himbo. Yeah. Uh, even more so now that I know I am Emmett. Would you like to explain what a himbo is to so our a, audience? A himbo is just like a male bimbo. Mm. So, you know, they're not really introspective you might say just very straightforward yeah nothing going on surface level here for a good time yeah let's do some push-ups yeah cracks of brews yeah Yeah. which honestly like in all these series that i read the himbo character is always my favorite yeah was just because they're like a little slice of joy you know they're fun they're they're good comedic relief they're fun i want to be their friend every time they're definitely not my type in real life right I like a sad boy, Thank in you. my opinion. 
appreciate it. Um, Thanks for the shout out. You're welcome. Uh, um, you could just at me next time. But I do. I mean, we all know. <laughs> um, but I do. I do love Emmett a lot. Oh, you got. You can't not love Emmett. Yeah. It's, hard, it's impossible to not love him. But yeah, I, I. But I to go back to the Jacob point. I think he is the most interesting of like the main characters. Mm-hmm. He's just got the most going on. Yeah. Uh, next to Bella, but Bella is. And I don't mean this as like a detraction of her, but she's one path, a clear path the whole time. She's right. like, I'm going to be with Edward forever as a vampire. And it's just bumps in the road getting there. But Jacob, he's got to find himself. Yeah, you kind of don't know where he's going to end up. Yeah, he doesn't know where he's going to end up for sure. And yeah. Yeah, he's the most. And that is very exciting to read. Very exciting. And now we have our final category, uh, the big one. It's our favorite moment, which is kind of a nebulous category, but just yeah. kind of our favorite section or or part a little bit of these books or movies but it's going to be a book answer so which one would you like to go first sure i'll go first uh because i know i'm probably going to get a a lot of hate for this because we like make fun of this a lot right um but uh, thinking about like my experience reading it for the first time one of my most favorite moments is the very end of Jake's chapters in Breaking Dawn, when mm-hmm. everything goes wrong, Bella's dying, Jake's going to go murder a baby, and then all of a sudden he imprints on Recesame. But it's not as straightforward, right? You you just know that that's happening because of the way he's describing it with the steel cables. Mm-hmm. And it's just, one, it's very well written. Mm-hmm. I love me a good like metaphor analogy if you yeah. will um but then also like that happens and then the very last thing is bella's heart starts beating mm-hmm. and it's just like suddenly there's hope mm-hmm. when like f- for a while they're like oh, okay what the fuck's happening um and so it, it this is one of the few things that was not spoiled for me I think prior to reading, oh good, like I think I did not that know was spoiled for me. that he imprinted, mm-hmm. and so that was just like a big, Whoa. oh my god, like I know what this is, especially yeah. because she doesn't outwardly say it. I think that's what kind of it gets right. you to have mm-hmm. that aha moment. You mm-hmm. then become the detective. Um, it was just, it was a very big moment for me, reading it. And, I, and then I was like, oh, and that solves all of the problems. Yeah. I was like, of course this has to happen. Right. Explains why Bella felt like Jacob just had to be around for some reason. Yeah. And it, it like yeah. solves the problem with the pack. Yeah. It, it, it bring it forces. It's like a arranged marriage where now the families, we're just together now. So, so now is, Jacob fits in the picture yeah. instead of being this broken, lonely hearted boy. Yeah. Whose best friend just died upstairs. Like, I don't know. It's just a really special moment. No, I, and, and I mean, I mean, the elephant in the room is that there's a weird, it's it's weird feeling of it's a fucking baby. Right, he's, right, uh, exactly. And while imprinted is not inherently sexual, the, the implication is that it, it is at some point when they're of age, which is, right. you know, uh, you know, insert dog grooming joke here. Right. But I agree with you as far as just for what it is, how it's written and everything. It's probably like my top three. It's right up there. If combine it with the right before where Jacob watches Bella die, essentially. Yeah. And how well that is written. It's yeah, it's an amazing sequence. And it really is the culmination of Jacob's character. And it's kind of the end of that whole plot line of the 
the you know the love triangle right and yeah it's beautifully written and like you said they don't she doesn't say he imprinted you feel you are with jacob as he's this is just happening and you experience what imprinting just is you don't even have to say it it's just that is the sequence it's so well written it's really Uh well done and yeah it is such a holy shit moment yeah and then yeah and then like you said cap it off with the uh, heartbeat is really good no i think you're i think that is a very worthy pick thank you thank you if not a you know problematic (laughs) right uh, undertone of the whole series right but upon first read experience yeah, it's great it was phenomenal right i love it thank uh, y'all uh my mine is uh maybe maybe a bit obvious but I, it's the one that got me the hardest in this whole series it's yeah. when bella is able to remove her own mental block and edward can read her thoughts for the first time yeah i just think it's beautiful it makes it is beautiful and then then the line like now you know no one's ever loved you as much as i have like that's it is it is the culmination of what the series is about, mm-hmm. what the relationship is about, you know, their dynamic. It is the, the through line of their relationship. It is just been it culminates perfectly right there. It is just expertly set up. I never even thought about that. Maybe it is obvious in retrospect, but so is everything in retrospect. But right. but I mean it's just great. I just thought it was great. It I, was. It's the one part that really made me cry. Yeah. So. No, I I remember that. And this was actually a very close second. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a perfect culmination of like their love story, right? And, yeah, and him finally being able to understand, but yeah. her still having that choice in the matter. Yeah. So all the people who make the fucking Reddit comment, oh, still a better love story than Twilight. Uh, have you have you, re- have you read it? Have you read it? Because I mean, as cheesy and sappy as it is, that is a great moment. That is a well set up, thought out, executed moment. Yeah, it is so good. I love it. You know, a little bit of enemies to lovers. Right? A little bit. A little bit. Right, because he like hates her because she's like, it smells really fucking good. You think about it, you kind of just like that. It's a good, it's a good love story. Yeah. Well, also watch Bridgerton season two. Yeah. Also read fucking Romeo and Juliet. That's a terrible <laughs> love story. Are you shitting me right now? Oh, I didn't know where you're going with that. <laughs> I thought you, you wanted people to read Romeo and Juliet. Like read it. No, I'm serious. Read no, it. No, yeah, yeah. That is a because terrible if love you story. think that is a better love story, no, I'll fight you. No, it is a dumb love story. It's awful. Yeah. They're like. 12 yeah they which, know each other for like a day and then they die spoilers excuse me yeah <laughs> yeah read hamlet instead don't read romeo and juliet <laughs> is romeo and juliet sneakily like one of the worst shakespeare books? it is uh, in like, my opinion like the worst one i've ever read honestly it might be too now that i think about it and I'll, i do enjoy me a little shakespeare no oh absolutely hamlet is one of the best stories ever told i love hamlet and Macbeth is great and Macbeth's great yeah are we about to power rank Shakespeare? No, oh, okay. we are not. All right, never, um, maybe next week. The Should Tempest keep... was also really good. Tempest that was great. a banger. I love the Tempest. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet. <sighs> Twelfth Night's good. Taming of the Shrew. Like literally all of them, except for Midsummer is better. Yeah. Yeah, R and J might be bottom five. Absolutely. Wow. We're gonna have to do this another episode. We're gonna have to power rank Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, but. Before we continue on, we're going to take a little bit of a detour and we're going to hear from you guys. We're going to hear from some other voices. So we asked you guys to send in your thoughts, what Twilight means to you and whether you think it sucks. So before we answer the big question, we're going to hear from you guys. So we'll be back in three hours. Wow, is that many submissions? <laughs> 
Twilight to me is just a real sense of community. When I was in high school, a friend at the time got me into the books and I pretty much didn't leave my room until I finished reading all of them. I remember making new friends in middle school just because I'd seen them with one of the books. It evokes the memory of me sitting on my parents' very, 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 very worn in couch in this very specific corner, all crawled up reading these books and thinking, wow, when will I ever find my Edward Cullen. Twilight means finding a family and feeling accepted for who I am. Kind of generational. Everyone knows Twilight. I first discovered Twilight in my 30s. I read the first book on the plane um, as I was uh, moving. First discovered the series when I was a new mom, living in a new place, away from friends and family. My cousins introduced me to the series and I instantly fell in love. I just think of that spot on the couch every time I think of Twilight because it is the spot where I literally read every single Twilight book and where I finally got to see Bella turn into a vampire and all of these major, major milestones. I read the books, I watched the movies. Uh, both my sisters read the books religiously multiple times. I do think some of the stuff would not play over well in today's media. Edward sneaking into Bella's room all the time. Jacob kissing Bella without warning. Racist, sexist, colonialist. Does the writing in the Twilight series suck? Yes. Do the plot inconsistencies suck? Yes. Edward's leather nickelback bracelet. Does Stephanie Meyer suck? Yes. Come on, she gave a real, <laughs> she gave a real Native American tribe pedophilic qualities, says that vampires can't be black, and then had a black vampire as the main villain in the second film. She definitely sucks. <laughs> Jeez, tell us how you feel. But I believe Twilight got a lot of people into reading, and I think that is what counts. Stephanie Meyer has this ability to capture this real sense of, of longing, and, and that's what reigns with me when I reread the books is just this real sense of what it's like to be a teenager. Even now as a high school English teacher I've had several students walk into my classroom with a Twilight book. Kids who had previously sworn by their hatred of reading were now reading as fast as they could. I was more on the outskirts, still loved it, still really enjoyed it, but wasn't obsessed the way they were. But then listening to Twilight just brought that joy back. Your podcast made me laugh and smile and took my mind off yet another Zoom lecture. Listening to your podcast and your take on a story I have loved for many years was such a comfort to me, and I am so glad I was able to experience the series with you. This podcast was filled with humor, details that I would have never thought of, and such wisdom about the series. Thank you both for, one, becoming Jeff and I's friends, and two, for putting on such a fabulous podcast. And I know myself and Jeff can't wait to see what more you guys do, so... Huzzah! Thank you guys so much for putting on this podcast and bringing Twilight back into my life because it was a, a joy of my day. Spencer, I love your connections to other stories and now have a long list of books I want to read. Jess, there were many times when I would catch myself saying out loud, me too. So thank you so much. And for the record, you two don't suck. Does Twilight suck? No, no way. While Twilight may not have been the next great American novel, it certainly accomplished what I imagine every writer wants, to help spark the love of reading. And for that, I don't think Twilight sucks. Twilight does not suck. Rather, it sparkles wondrously. 
Um, I love you guys. I think that's all I have and keep up the good work. Bye. And we're back. Wow. Hey, that was so good. You guys are so smart. Thank you so much for everyone who sent in those mm-hmm. little voice memos. We love to hear from you. We love Twilight. We know you love Twilight. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Uh, we're you know, about to get into our final thoughts here, but going off what Jess said, thank you for submitting that. But thank you to everyone who's listened, who's who's donated, who's messaged us with suggestions or questions or just said you like the show. Like, it's amazing that anyone outside of our friends and family who we force to listen listens to us yeah. talk about Twilight <laughs> in a context of literature. Yeah. What a, what, a, what an awful podcast idea. But, but also you guys a fantastic listen to one. it, so yeah. thank you. No, thank you guys. Genuinely, I, I know everything I say sounds sarcastic because it usually is, but I genuinely do mean <laughs> that. I, I means the world to me every time anyone message, messages us, yeah. comments on anything. It's just we really cool. You. Love it so much. Yeah. So now, for the final time, we're going to get into our final thoughts. Would you like to go first, Jess, or would you like yeah, me to go I'll, first? Yeah, I'll go ahead and go first, right. since I'm sure you have a lot more to say. Uh, I have about two more pages worth to say, <laughs> I, would, I would guess. But Christ. So we're going to go on kind of our final thoughts, what, how we feel about the series, and kind of our journey on this pod, and then we'll both say our piece, and then we're going to answer the question. So just hang on. Yeah. Just chill out, okay? But right. take it away, Jess. Okay, so, you know, um, my love of reading came at an early age for me. Uh, it was always a favorite pastime of mine since kindergarten, really. Um, I was the, I read the most AR books in kindergarten, believe it or not. No, I was in the same boat. I got enough <laughs> to get a gold card where I could check out three books instead of two. Oh, my God. I'm very proud of that. Cute. Um, but around middle school is when my reading became more refined, right? I wasn't just reading Judy Bean Jones, Junie B. Jones or whatever the hell I was reading at that time. Um, I de- actually, I developed an interest for like the darker topics found in dystopian series, um, the likes of which include like the Shadows Children series by Margaret Peterson Haddix or The Uglies, among other novels by Scott Westerfield. Um, and then my interest kind of bled into the surrounding topics of horror. 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 Uh, and like paranormal fiction, most specifically anything Neil Shesterman wrote was all about that. And then I got my first taste of romance in like eighth and ninth grade area with uh, Judy Bloom's Forever. It's a good one. It's a spicy one. I can't believe they had that in the library. Um, and a good handful of books by Sarah Dessen, who is like end all be all of YA romance um, when I was growing up at that time. So like around that time, I remember hearing whisperings between my sister and her friend about a book series that they were reading and being giddy over. And they explained the concept to me that it was like a vampire and a human and he wants to suck her blood, but he also loves her and it's complicated. And I, I knew there was something with werewolves involved and that they end up having a baby. Uh, beyond that, I didn't really know. And and I kind of had this, like, image of what that story was in my head. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, let me show you the mental image. Oh, please do. Uh, think of, like, a silhouette of, like, a hill 
Mm. And then like a vampire, a human, and a werewolf sitting on that hill. <laughs> Is the werewolf in wolf form? Or yes, human in wolf form. Okay, then yeah, that works. Um, But, you know, it was nothing compared to the real thing. I, I didn't read it for a while, but Twilight was like the first book I read that married like this paranormal aspect and romance together Mm -hmm. um and it was like one of the first fantasy novels i ever fell in love with completely and it's a genre that i still like can't i literally cannot move away from it (laughs) i'm like still reading paranormal romances um and so it like it became blueprint for me when finding books to read like i needed to be like twilight um twilight and i guess harry potter but i i feel like i read twilight first didn't read harry potter until i was like an adult probably now, I didn't read Twilight when it first came out. I read them around the time the movies were being made. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, w- I was a little bit behind. Uh, but it's unclear to me now if I watched the movies or read, like, the books first. Like, which one's which. I sort of remember it, like, all happening at once. Um, I-, I knew that I read all the books at least before Breaking Dawn Part 2 would come out. Um, but because, like, the movies and the books are kind of inter- interwoven into my memory like that, I consider, like, Twilight as this general experience in this time of my life. Like, mm-hmm. a physical experience. That's a good way to put it. I like that. Thank you. Um, I would go to midnight premieres and wait in line for hours playing Egyptian rat screw with my best friend, Lindsay, in order to get, you know, the best seats in the theater. And we did. Um, And there's something to say about the overall feeling of camaraderie one experiences when you're at those types of events, much like how it is with you, Spencer, and your Mountain Goats concerts that we arrived to hours before doors open um but the people who show up to those these things early and sacrifice like that much of their time for this one experience like those are the people who truly love it and being a part of that group is a very special thing and so i'm always grateful for Lindsay for making those experiences happen for me in the years beyond that uh twilight became like a comfort book for me It was something good and reliable and familiar that I would read when I wanted to escape. Uh, And at a time where it became more and more difficult for me to read or find something to my liking, um, probably because I no longer had access to a library filled with YA books (laughs) whenever I was in college. I think that was a big change for me, for sure. I, I stopped reading for years, really. But I would always come back to Twilight. It was always Twilight or like Harry Potter. Again, those two were my comfort stories. And so they became so familiar to me that I would, you know, read them out of order or just read one off by themselves. But I always came back to them. And in these later years, I found a love for audiobooks. Um, And you best believe, like, literally the first books I got on Audible were the Twilight books. I believe it. Followed by the Harry Potter books. And I would just listen and re-listen and re-listen. And during one of these rereads a few years ago, an idea came to me that, um, like, oh my God, I need to talk to Spencer about this thing in this book. <laughs> like, has he ever read it? And then, oh my God, has he ever read it? This could totally be a podcast that we talk about. And so that's how, you know, the whole thing started. 
And I love that Twilight has given us this, that we we get an excuse to talk about books more, especially you and me, Spence, because, you know, that's how we came together in the beginning was over books. We met in a young adult literature class and spent time getting to know each other inside of a half price bookstore. Mm -hmm. Um, Several half price bookstores, actually, (laughs) like across Texas. And for Twilight to bring some of that like joy and wonder back into our conversations, it just it means more to me than I ever thought it would. And it would be ridiculous not to mention the new people that we've met along the way, like authors, other podcasters, Twilight content creators from social media. Um, each new connection means so much to me, as I'm sure it does to you, Spence. So mm-hmm. I want to say a huge thank you to Stephanie Meyer for bringing so much to my life and to think that it all started with a little dream that she had, which is just insane to think about. But yeah, that's kind of my little bit, what Twilight means to me. I love it. That's fantastic, babe. That's Thanks. awesome. Thanks. All right. Well, that was that was amazing, babe. That was yeah. really cool. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I I'll, I'll guess I'll get into mine. I think... Shockingly, mine's a bit more analytical. <laughs> um, I'll just get into it. It speaks yeah. for itself. But, yeah. man, you can really tell the differences between us at this pod. I am Emmett. <laughs> you are Carlisle. <laughs> this is more of an Edward. Of just, uh, uh, I room. see. I see. Just waxing poetic. <laughs> so, uh, I'm the outsider of the two of us. And, and in, in a, as an outsider of the world of Twilight, my understanding of the series has been shaped by the wider pop culture landscape long before I ever opened the first book. Mm -hmm. And before starting this podcast, my understanding of Twilight was, in retrospect, uh, shockingly limited. The things I did not know about it coming in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I knew there were sexy vampires. Uh, (laughs) I knew there was bad acting, uh, fervent debates between Team Edward and Team Jacob. And, you know, there's the ever hilarious comment that you see on Reddit and other places, a better love story than Twilight. (laughs) Uh, and there was also my seventh grade reading teacher who thought the books were like turning girls into godless heathens and who knows. Dear God. Maybe she was right. God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> but the series uh, never had a real bearing on my life one way or another before coming into this. I was a Twilight agnostic who decided <laughs> to abandon all reason and delve into the catacombs of a fandom I never would have thought would include me as one of its own. So I kind of want to go through just well having now consumed every major piece of twilight content and now having spent an unjustifiable amount of time thinking about these books and movies not to mention flying halfway across the country to a twilight festival i forgot about that i never will (laughs) i I like to think that i have at least now uh, somewhat of an idea of what the twilight saga is in a big way capital i s is yeah and and what it means to people who love it. So as a newly enlightened Twihard and as the newcomer of the group, I kind of wanted to, instead of, since I don't really have a journey of discovering and loving Twilight like you do, I kind of want to, as my final road to pretension, if you will, look at why this series has gotten the backlash that it has and are these criticisms justified? Mm. So... The first, and from my personal view, the most potentially damning critique of Twilight is that it's poorly written. Not true. Obviously. 
but this is a hard one to explore, as most people couldn't actually tell you what makes a piece of writing good or bad. You know, obviously, Fifty Shades of Grey is objectively poorly bad, written, yeah. and you know, Mark Twain is you know, uh, you know, all of his books are objectively well written to an extent, but it's hard to define those things. But usually, most negative reviews I've seen have accused Meyer's writing as being some kind of version of stilted or, or boring or kind of flat. And to some extent, I do agree with this. Mm-hmm. Meyer's not an exceptionally gifted writer sentence to sentence. And, and her dialogue can come off as stiff and, and a bit lifeless in moments. But she is far from being a bad writer. And there are many moments when her prose shines. As we've talked about many times, her descriptions of scenery and nature are are gorgeous and enveloping. She wonderfully conveys the lush, natural beauty of the Olympic Peninsula. And on the same, you know, on the other hand, the the stark yet awe-inspiring vastness of the southwestern United States. Meyer also has a gift for instilling lasting images in her readers' minds. I think of moments like Edward revealing his true form in uh, in the meadow and the snow-capped white field where the final con- confrontation with the Rotori happens. You know, those are just the ones that come to mind. Like, these these moments outside of even the movies, they're vivid in my brain. Yeah. And so Meyer may not be the greatest writer of prose, but she possesses the ability to captivate her audience and then transform them into the world she's created. And I think that is far more important. <laughs> and from this, uh, the accusation I've come across probably the most is that her characters are poorly written and that they are also flat and boring with Bella specifically receiving the bulk of this uh, critique. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as I'm sure everyone knows, many a blog and article have been written accusing Bella of being shallow, lifeless, even anti-feminist. And again, I do kind of see where they get this idea as most of Bella's motivations and choices are heavily influenced by her love interests. However, I don't think this means that she is defined by them. And I think most people who criticize her in Twilight as a whole are completely missing the point of the story. Yeah. As I see it. The Twilight is a very specific type of romance. You won't find subtle wit in in the slow burn of like a Pride and Prejudice or or a Bridgerton. Mm -hmm. Nor will you find the the toxic, life-draining, doomed relationship of a Wuthering Heights or most Mountain Goat songs. (laughs) Second Mountain Goat shout out today. (laughs) That's because Twilight isn't about watching Bella and Edward fall in love, because they do that almost instantly. Instead, people engage with the story for the experience of living within their simple yet pure romance. As Laura Miller, who uh, puts it in her article, Touched by a Vampire, Twilight finds its voluptuousness in the hypnotic reduction of its attention to a single point, the experience of being loved by Edward Cullen. Yeah. And so when looked at from this perspective, Bella is a a vessel for readers to insert themselves into, Mm -hmm. which means that she must be kept relatively plain so that anyone can see themselves as Bella, like a boy band song about a girl that lacks any description of her beyond that she is a girl and pretty. Right. Which, I mean, I mean, that's how I like it, right? Like, I, I read books all the time where there's a right. very strong female character, and it's like, I would not make any of those decisions. Right. <laughs> but on that same idea, Edward, too, I think outside of being unnaturally beautiful and talented, if you're looking you know, very much on the surface of this story, is mostly defined by how much he loves Bella. Yeah. But actually, I think this idea extends 
to all of the Cullens. Much of the joy of reading Twilight comes from being in awe of the Cullen family and the grandeur of their lives. And one of the things I appreciate appreciate about Twilight, but I think gets misunderstood, is its emphasis of aesthetics over depth. Mm. So compared to fantasies like uh, Game of Thrones, Twilight has little in the way of world building and lore, but I think that's the point. Mm-hmm. It's about marveling at these beautifully sparkly vampires and watching them interact. This isn't to say that the story lacks conflict or isn't exciting. I think it is. There are still twists and turns and stakes, but it isn't what initially draws people into the story. So, in short, the lore of Twilight is getting to be Bella, but I think the joy of Twilight is watching her and the other characters on their journey as they do whatever they do. Yeah. Unfortunately, for the for lack of a better term, the simplicity of Bella's character has led to many interpreting her as anti-feminist. However, I personally find Bella to not only be a pro-feminist character, but I think a unique one, a refreshingly unique one. Bella is in love with Edward to an obsessive degree, but she's also a teenager dating a supernatural boy with the shape and texture of a Greek statue. <laughs> it's understandable. She's a little obsessive. Yeah. <laughs> While the majority of her thoughts and actions revolve around one of her love interests, typically, she still never compromises her morals for either of them. Despite being a physically weak human surrounded by vampires and werewolves, Bella never hesitates to do what she thinks is right. She has extreme willpower. She really do. (laughs) She stands up to Edward in Twilight and comes up with her own plan to save Daddy Swan from the tracking vampire and later chooses to sacrifice herself in order to save her mom. And she's instrumental in defeating the Volturi. And while still a human, punches Jacob in his stupid face when he forces a kiss on her. (laughs) Despite her just being a human. He's just a human. He's a a monster, basically. And she's like, I'm still going to punch him. (laughs) He'll break my hand, but I'll do it. He deserves it. And so I think really the idea of Bella being like this meek, helpless character comes more from the films than the books. Yeah. Which I think is unfair to a lot of the criticisms these books get. But what I think makes Bella truly an admirable character is her refusal to give up on obtaining what she wants. She finds a way to make peace between Jacob and Edward in order to keep both of them in her life Mm -hmm. because she knows that's what she wants. And she never wavers in her desire to share an immortal life with Edward, no matter what anyone tries to tell her. Yeah. And so really the feminist movement came about as a response of a lack of agency women had compared to men. And its core message is that women have a right to choose what kind of life they want to live. And I think Bella embodies that ideal. It just happens what she wants more than anything is Edward. Yeah. And that's fine. I think it's admirable. Mm-hmm. And so I talked before about how Bella's story arc fits surprisingly well into Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero's Journey. And Bella is sort of a romantic version of that trope, but a seemingly plain girl who learns that she is, in fact, super special, you know, being immune to Edward's powers, and then exchanges her mundane life for something extraordinary. And so at its core, Twilight is just an escapist fantasy, just like two other cultural phenomenons, Harry Potter and Star Wars. Yeah. And all three of these properties are hugely successful with massive fan bases and have left Lasting marks on pop culture landscape. If you don't think Twilight has, just look up any fan page of a popular story and you will find some version of I'm Team X versus Team Y or that whole thing. That's all Twilight. That all all came from Twilight. Let alone how, yeah, uh, Vampire Diaries, uh, 
True Blood, all these things are just a response to Twilight. Yeah. It is a cultural touchstone. Yes. So then why are Harry Potter and Star Wars lauded as cultural touchstones while Twilight is treated more as like an embarrassing teen fad? I mean, you can find just as many logical flaws, cringy moments, problematic undertones, and all those stories as you do in Twilight. Yeah. And over the last few years alone, Disney has systematically wrung out the corpse of Star Wars for every penny. And while Harry Potter's author and its canonical authority have come out as a surprisingly aggressive yeah. uh, transphobe. Yeah. Meanwhile, Meyer has left Twilight mostly alone outside of a couple changed POV you know, retellings, largely due to the extensive hate her work has garnered. Yeah. So where is the hate coming from? I think the answer is best put by Constance Grady in an article about Twilight uh, on Vox. There are a few pop culture products that our society likes to shit on more than pop culture created for teen girls. Yep. And Twilight circa 2008 was the pinnacle of that phenomenon. Yeah. I think that really says it all. It's just, it's yeah, it's for girls, it's for so it's not, it doesn't girls. matter. Yeah, much like the same way, you know, Taylor Swift was largely hated and uh, now Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, right. like. It's it's almost like women just aren't taken seriously. <laughs> almost like teenage girls. <laughs> yeah, who would, I wonder. And their crazy emotions. They're so crazy. <laughs> but uh, my goal with this podcast was to find what has made these books resonate with people so deeply to the, to learn what it is that would compel people myself now included to obsess over these characters and this world to dress up like them write fanfics even flock every year to a tiny town in the middle of washington or clap when someone brings out a naked jacob doll because they got him a new outfit or his new hair weird shit like that uh but i could never answer that for other people I can only answer that for me. And what I now love about Twilight is, I, ironically, the same thing that would have kept me f from ever reading it, if not for this podcast. Twilight is unflinching in what it is, a story of people falling and, more importantly, being in love. Twilight doesn't apologize for its sappiness or its melodrama. It embraces and celebrates it. The world of Twilight feels so real and engaging because it takes this character's feelings seriously. Mm -hmm. Because Meyer takes them seriously. Twilight does the magic thing that all great stories do. It creates a world that feels real, if not more real than your actual life. Poet W.H. Auden once said, Some books are un undeservedly forgotten. None are undeservedly remembered. So I would just say, look at places like Forks or any bookstore or the endless pages of forums, wikis, and blogs. And you will see that Twilight, despite the world's best efforts, has definitely been remembered. And I don't know if I'll ever read the series again, but I know I'm going to remember it too. Yeah. Be okay. crazy if I said it sucked after this. Yeah, that'd be wild. <laughs> that was very well put, babe. Oh, thank you. I like that. Yeah, we had different things. But it makes sense because like, I this Twilight was a part of my reading journey, right? right. Whereas it's, for you, it's something different. Um but I like that. It can be different things for yeah. different people. Well, and that's kind of what we wanted to do here is take someone who, who is their life has been influenced by Twilight and someone whose life has been influenced by books, try to figure out why Twilight did that from someone else. And yeah, uh, I, I like to think we kind of 
got to a lot of those answers. I think. Yeah. I mean, I don't. Not to give away my my answer coming up, but I mean, I think we've shown that there is a worthiness to Twilight it, beyond the fact that any story that people like is worthy just because people like it. But I think I hope that we've shown people why the story is really good, yeah. and that I wanted to show that it, it's not just a teen thing. That the the things that work for these books are the same things that work in great pieces of literature, and the distinction between what is a you know, just the pop culture fad and what is a classic piece of literature are, are are kind of arbitrary. Yeah. And what matters is that it affects people. Right. I'm not saying Twilight's better than Gatsby or something, but you know, like we make up these categories. Yeah. What we don't make up is how we feel. Mm-hmm. And so on that note, how do we feel? Yeah, we got one final question. We have to one answer. question. So well, does it suck? I think we should answer together. Okay. So on three, we're going to say yes or no, does Twilight suck? On three or after three? One, two, three, and then we'll say it. Okay. One, two, three, shoot. Got it. Yeah. All right. So one, two, three. No. No, no it's great. Are you it kidding? Could, you, could you imagine? Could you imagine, could you imagine we thought it sucked? No, it's great. No, it doesn't suck. No, it's, not at all. It's... It's quite good. It's quite good, actually. Although if you're here, you probably already know that. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt we're going to change a lot of minds, but yeah. I know, like, I'm a convert. I mean, I, I hope we at least gave some interesting perspectives or ideas on the series, because I've really enjoyed doing it. Yeah, me too. And I thank you guys for, for being here with us, for coming along on this journey that we mm-hmm. took. Um, it's been a lot of fun, and yeah. So there's only one thing left to do. What is that? Play a game. Yeah. It feels a little tense in the room. It does feel a little tense. So, so we're gonna spice things we're up. We're gonna a spice bit. things up. We had a game we were gonna play last week's or last episode. But it ran too we, long. We ran out of time. So we're gonna do it. I've found the Goodread scores for all the Twilight books and the Rotten Tomato scores for all the movies. And I'm gonna see if Jess can figure out which ones are the best? Which has got who's got the good ratings? Okay. So we're gonna start with the movies. Okay. So I want you to guess which is the highest rated and lowest rated. Okay, highest rated. Um, probably gonna be Breaking Dawn Part Two. Mm-hmm. Lowest rated. Eclipse. You are basically correct. Okay. So. Rotten Tomatoes has two scoring systems. Okay. They have a critic score and a fan score. Mm. The critic score for Breaking Dawn is tied with Twilight for number one. Okay. Fair enough. At, fair enough. At a gentleman's 49. <laughs> Excellent. The Twilight just nudges out Breaking Dawn Part 2 at 72% fan score versus okay. a 70% fan it, score. It was between those two for me. Right. I think the, I think the movies are the obvious are pretty obvious. Usually like the first one in one of these series is going to have the best ratings. Yeah. And you were shockingly wrong about the Eclipse one. Are you sure? I would have guessed that I I going in I thought it was going to be Eclipse is going to be the lowest rated. I am shocked by this. New Moon has the lowest New rating. Moon. By a lot. I guess everyone just really well, likes Robert Pattinson. I, I sorry, I I misspoke. Technically, part breaking down part one has the lowest score actually. Oh, okay. Actually, but they're close. That also doesn't surprise me. Damn, uh, the two Jake heavy ones. <laughs> Trage. So I, I'm shocked because every like fan, all the fan blogs and all the stuff I see, everyone, New Moon is the fan favorite movie. It I is. I would have thought. Yeah. 
But breaking down part one is a critic score 25, oh. fan score is 60. New Moon is a critic score 29, oh, wow. fan score 61. So basically okay, the same. Okay, yeah. Eclipse is 48, just under Twilight and breaking down part there? two. Um, oh yeah, sixty fan score. So wow. it's got a low. It's a weird. I don't know how that came about. Interesting. Now on to the much more interesting <sighs> category of Goodreads. Okay. So which book do you think has the highest Goodreads score? So Goodreads is, if people don't know, it's a uh, site where people go and re- review books. Yeah, I, we both have a Goodreads. If you guys. Yeah, just find us. On, Want to search our names? You'll find us. Yeah, on there. or or DM us on social medias. We'll give you the links. Yeah, please. We, I need more friends on. on no, Goodreads. we both love. It's both of us have like a small circle of friends on Goodreads, but we all like like each other's stuff and recommendations and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but you you can rate books from one to five stars. You also keep track of like what you read and stuff. But you rate them one to five stars. So, and I'm including here all of them. So Bree, Bree Tanner, Tanner, Life and Death, and Midnight Sun are all. Yeah, okay. On this. Okay. And this is of like last week whenever I made this list. So, so if it changes, the top rated one? Mm-hmm. I want to say New Moon. Again, I would have guessed the same thing. It is not. Tied for first is Breaking Dawn. Breaking Dawn. At 3.72 with the same score. And I can't believe this. Midnight Sun. Midnight Sun. Uh, I was going to say Midnight Sun, if not New Moon. That's what I'll, I was stuck I just between. feel like I always, I've seen so many articles shitting on Midnight Sun. No, babe. You don't understand how long we've been True. waiting for it. And mm. how much it delivered exactly what we wanted from it. Fair like, enough. Like, it was... That's a true. Long time coming. That is a great point. That is going to boost it. You got a long, you got a lot of waiting. Yeah. A lot of uh, build up to that one. Yes. The lowest rated one, what do you think that is? The lowest rated, uh, again, I'm going to have to say Eclipse. I feel like it's just my least favorite book or Brie Tanner, but I, they're kind of, they go in hand in hand in hand, I feel like. Brie Tanner is the lowest rated. I'm going to give you that. Okay. Shockingly, again, I didn't see this coming. Eclipse is. Just point zero one lower than Breaking Dawn and Midnight Sun at three point seven one. I don't get it. I don't get it. So then, besides Brie Tanner, what else is? So I'm just gonna go and give you the full order then. Okay. So from lowest rating to highest, lowest Brie Tanner. Okay. Then tied for oh no yeah no yeah tied for second lowest is New Moon and Life and Death. Wow. I'm shocked by New Moon. Shocked. Both at 3.57. After that, it is Twilight, 3.62. Okay. And then we have Eclipse and Breaking Dawn, Midnight Sun. So Brie Tanner, The New Moon, Life and Death, Twilight, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn, Midnight Sun. Wild. I'm shocked by the New Moon hate out there. Yeah, me too. Because again, all the fans I see... New Moon's like the fan favorite book, at least definitely movie wise. I think book two, it's pretty I don't up know, that, there. That could also maybe be a recent thing, you know, uh, we're a bit more sad lads. These maybe. Days. I mean, I don't know. People didn't like Edward breaking up with Bella, I guess. I guess. But they love them murdering newborns. Interesting. That's but then interesting again, they don't me. like being one of the newborns. Yeah. So people are complicated. Wow. Hmm. Well, thanks, guys, for listening yeah. this long. Um, we plan to have an, another podcast coming mm-hmm. out. So just, you know, follow us on social media. You'll yeah. you'll hear from us. Yeah, we'll announce. So we don't have a, a name or anything really decided yet. My goal is that we're going to have it kind of everything roll out sometime this summer. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, but we do know our, f- so it's going to be a young adult series. So mm-hmm. we're going to cover many series on there mm-hmm. just as we go. It's going to be a little less like analytical in depth. Don't worry. I'm not going to find a piece of literature to compare every week to yeah. talk about. It'll be more like book club. It'll be more book clubby and more, just more of a fun discussion. But I, well, we are going to continue at least what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep talking about like what makes these young adults books great because what we're pa- both passionate about is that these young adult books are great not not for kids books but just great because they're great and there's reasons for that and we just want to talk about it because we love these books so much that like you said in your piece these are our childhoods and this is what like made us who we are and they're fantastic and we're going to start with a fantastic series i think we've already talked about it on the pod but we are doing a series of unfortunate events by lemony snicket oh my god i'm so excited i can finally start reading it now i can just get into it you really can yeah uh so oh my god i'm so excited you guys Genuinely, I'm like smiling right now. I can't I wait to talk about these books. I can't wait to t- do more pods with you, Jess, mm-hmm. and to talk to you guys out there. Because one thing I love more than anything is being to talk as much as I want, being able to talk as much <laughs> as I want, and then they can't respond. <laughs> they can't hear what I'm saying. So it's, it's great. Really and wonderful. then I can edit myself. Yeah. I can get all, all my st- 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 stutters. It's true. I don't even know where I was going with that. Anyways, what I do want from you guys, if you can think of a, a name for a young adult <laughs> podcast, we would love to hear your suggestions. Yeah, there's a lot out there already, so yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, but. and if you guys follow any other young adult book podcasts, I want you guys right now, unfollow all of them. They're no, garbage. They're uh, nothing now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that until ours comes out. Then you have to unfollow them. <laughs> but until then, so listen up now, because that's it. But we're going to still be around. We're going to announce any changes once we know what the pod's going to be what we're doing and if you guys have suggestions books you want us to read hit us up we're also i can tell you now we're going to have a patreon for the next series because we're going to have a bonus podcast once a month that i'm really excited to do yeah and it's about books but it's about non-YA books maybe we'll see we'll tell you about it it's gonna be (laughs) fun you guys are gonna love it i keep i'm rambling because i don't want it to end but it has to. It does. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you like us, be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram. Find us on our website, twilightpod.com. If you have any questions or just want to say hi, you can still message us at twilightpod at gmail.com. That's right. And if you liked our theme music, and of course you did, it's been so good. The whole time it's been good. Mm-hmm. It was written by my friend Alex Chavez, and you can find more of his music on his Facebook page, which is now Alex, wait for it, Moon. Really? It's no, there's no wait for it, but it's Alex Moon. Oh, okay. I saw him change it too. Nice. I think he wanted to go less ethnic. Okay. My guess. He wanted I to be see. more relatable. I see. But yeah, that's it. Remember, guys, just like Twilight, don't suck. Yeah, don't suck. And also, I, I love you, and I I can't wait to yeah. talk to you guys again. Yeah. Okay. Love you. Bye. Say mm, back. Love bye. you like a bro sis in Christ. I love I love you just like a sister. Ew! Don't in Christ. Stop. Okay. Happy Easter. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, You're not allowed to say those kinds of things on air, babe. Yeah. Do you think when... Jesus rose after three days. He was like, like, oh, man. Big stretch. My back hurt. (laughs) That cave is not comfy. Could have given me a pillow. (laughs) They're like, oh, Jesus. You're so fun.
Jesus. We could do this because our pod's already over. They can't cancel us. 